Kentucky in a free run. Lots of green for Kelvin Joseph. His second. Garantano intercepted again. Jamin Davis finds the sideline. Nobody's going to catch him unless it's Garantano. And he's got blockers in front. Davis will stumble into the end zone. A 75-yard interception return for Kentucky. This is the High Motor Podcast. Andrew Dowdy and Chase Kitty here. So good to be here dropping this Thursday morning episode. And just before we hopped on here, I did another brief review. How many games we got coming in week nine? Look like 45 games from my account, starting with one on Thursday, three on Friday. And I want to get into this betting episode of the High Motor Podcast with those Friday games to start. Specifically one, Illinois at Wisconsin. Illinois wins that one in Champaign last year. Everybody saw it. Everybody remembers it. And now the Big Ten opener is Illinois-Wisconsin. Wisconsin at minus 19 in Madison. I see no path for an upset here for Illinois. But I'm still curious your opinion on a game like this, especially with the delayed schedule. We're still so far removed from that game, but it seems like it's still fresh in people's minds what happened last year. Is there any opportunity there and do you think odds makers accounted for the public perception of what everybody saw last year? Uh, there's a lot of questions to answer there. There's a lot of directions to go. Here, I think the one I want to start with is you said you see no path to an upset for Illinois. None. Zero percent chance. So perhaps you already know the question I'm going to ask you. But if we could time travel back a year from now to game week, Wisconsin at Illinois 2019, and I said, hey, Andrew, do you see any path to an upset for Illinois this week? What would your answer have been? And I say, hey, Chase, no, I don't. Zero <laughs> percent chance. So uh, I, I don't know that I necessarily can tie that to any point I want to make here. It's just. I think in gambling, it's always about which assumptions are most dangerous. And I, th- I get I, it. I get it. Math. And like I talked about this with Oklahoma in the playoff. I didn't see it. And you're like, well, I don't want to say 1%. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> math. Chase, we get it. Math. But there's a 0% chance that Illinois is beating Wisconsin this weekend. Just Zero. Like last year. None. Just Zero. Like last year. Just like last year. Uh, I, I don't I don't know that Illinois can beat Wisconsin. I do think I lean toward Illinois just a little bit if you want to bet this game, though. Uh, this is a lot of points. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I have any idea how all of this extra bullshit affects the Big Ten kickoff this weekend and all of these conference games that they are jumping right into. No warm-up, no soft, squishy non-conference, you know, no matchups with, I don't know, pick, pick a Missouri Valley team that's not good. Uh, it's Southern Illinois, Eastern Illinois. I know I am FCS people. I'm aware of those are two different conferences. That's not really my point here. That's not what we're talking about. Uh, my point is, I, there, there's no really ramp up to this. You're just jumping right in with a weird off season and all the other stuff that's going on, and you're opening up against a team that beat you last year. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe there's a revenge factor. Maybe it's not a good thing because there's something schematically in this matchup. I, I don't know. I'm not going to try to pretend, but it feels like going right into a conference game in their week one where you have to lay. 19 points or 19 and a half points, depending on your book. That seems like a lot. 
Would I be surprised if Wisconsin came out and won this game 38-10? to Not really. That's kind of how it would track, I think, in computer models. Somewhere around there. And so you get your cover. But also, in that same token, would I be surprised if Wisconsin came out and won like 22-10 to or 26-14? to Like, I think all of that probably seems just as likely. And so if I want to take this game, which I don't think I do, I probably want to lean toward Illinois and all those points in a weird first game situation. One last note on the total, uh, opened at 54.5, it's down to 51.5. I probably would have liked a little Big Ten under special here at 54.5. That's definitely where I would have gone first. If you didn't get this early, you have probably lost value. Once something loses three points off a total, either way, I stop really thinking about it as a good value-based pick. And that's probably going to be a recurring theme for a lot of these Big Ten picks. They have been absolutely picked apart by pros early in the week. And by now, you are getting numbers that have been moved one way or the other, and there's a lot of lost value. Let's shift to the Big 12. We've given a lot of attention to the Big 12 over the last few weeks with all of the results that have come out of that conference. This weekend, we get a really intriguing game that I think is kind of flying under the national radar with the Big 10 coming back. And then if you got some West Coast people looking ahead of the Pac-12. But Iowa State goes to Oklahoma State, and we have both talked about the expectations of Oklahoma State have plummeted, even though they are at 3-0, 2-0 in the conference, 3-0 overall and they do still have a playoff path in front of them, they control their own destiny. There aren't that many teams in college football we can say that about right now, but they control their own destiny. If they win out, they will be in the playoff. You and I don't think that they're anywhere near that, but for all intents and purposes, Oklahoma State is still very much alive for the playoff. The other team, Iowa State, is still, what, three, uh, four weeks now removed. Actually, I'm not even sure. Now we're into week eight. I, my math is completely off on this. Usually we can say like four weeks ago, Iowa State lost to Louisiana. I don't even, I have no like bearing of when that game was. Do you like even remember? Six weeks the, ago, wasn't it? Was it the second weekend of September? Six, maybe seven weeks ago. It's just bizarre. I think the, the, before the episode the other day, I couldn't even remember what week we were on because it's not where you have teams that have played six games. You're usually entering week seven or week eight. Now you have teams playing one, two, or three games. Anyways, Iowa State going to Stillwater in a game that will obviously probably loom large, who gets that first or second spot in the Big Ten championship game? Where are we Where are we at with this Sun Belt thing? Now that we know Louisiana, unless you're just that high on Coastal Carolina, that Louisiana, maybe they just aren't that good. Is that loss still affecting Iowa State's lines? And you're going to take any side in this game. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how to answer the Louisiana part of that. It, it, it just feels really cluttered right now with, with all of the, thi- everything that's building right now. I, I don't, I honestly don't know. Uh, so that's, you know, on, on a podcast where we try to get to the bottom of things, that's a pretty shitty answer. I acknowledge that. I just don't know. I, I don't know how to handle that. I don't know how to assess that on the actual gambling part of this game. I agree that it feels like it's flying under the radar nationally. These are two undefeated in conference play big 12 teams. So this is, and we only have a couple of those left. So this is going to knock one of those out. What I've seen is that a lot of computer models think this is closer to a pick'em. It was laid at Iowa State minus four when the week opened. That is now down to three and a half. 
So in terms of value, I think the theory says Iowa State plus the points is the right side here. They certainly could win this game. I don't know that I like either side of this game a lot. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think we've outlined all of the issues with Oklahoma State. The offensive line is not very good. Uh, on the other hand, they have three weeks of prep time coming into this game. So they definitely have an advantage in terms of getting ready for this game. Uh, how does that give them an advantage over Iowa State, who's played more recently? I don't know. I think you trust that coaching staff. I think they are generally pretty good. I think Iowa State probably has the quarterback that I would trust more, even though Brock Purdy, if you've watched him this year, he's made some decisions where you're like, dude, are you sure? Are we sure you're one of the better quarterbacks in the Big 12? Uh, so it's it's just kind of, I can, I can pick apart both sides. I think the math... And the, the modeling tells you that Iowa State is probably the better side here. They could win outright. They could lose but cover. Uh, so I guess I lean toward taking the points with Iowa State. But eh, this isn't one that I feel strongly about either way. I'm sitting here thinking if I personally care. Usually I don't care who wins that many games. And I kind of enjoy that because that way I can just enjoy the football that's being played. And I'm sitting here trying to think who I would prefer to win this game. Like, would I prefer Oklahoma State to win this game so we at least have more to talk about in terms of the playoff for the Big 12? Or would I prefer Iowa State to go down there and have an impressive 41-20 to, to 20 win, something like that? And then even with that Louisiana loss, we can talk about Iowa State moving forward. Personally, do you do you care which way this game goes? Um, I, I guess I maybe want... Maybe I want Iowa State to win, maybe, because I feel like Oklahoma State is just not going to be there, and so I would like them to have the loss to validate my opinion about them not being at the top of the Big 12. On the other hand, I think the question I'm more interested in is, what does Oklahoma State have to do to make you and me say, okay, maybe maybe we shouldn't have downshifted so aggressively on our predictions for them, maybe they can turn this around in mid in midseason. Maybe they can still go after that Big Twelve title. Maybe be a dark horse playoff contender. Uh, I don't know what that would be. I think it would be more about substance and quality than just wins. Uh, yeah, and when you're asking that, I pull up their schedule again because I knew they had K State in two weeks, but I couldn't remember if Oklahoma was next week or if it was Texas next week. So it is Iowa State this weekend, Texas at home. Then they go to K-State and to Oklahoma. I guess if they win their next three, I'm willing to have a real conversation about them in the playoff because you and I are still pretty high on Kansas State. And then going I think going into that Oklahoma game, maybe the podcast before, if they do win the first three, I think it would be a conversation of if they win it at Oklahoma, this is real now. I think it becomes like, a well, okay, they beat Iowa State. Okay, now they beat Texas. Oh, they beat Kansas State. Okay, let's have a what-if discussion going into the Oklahoma game. And I think the Oklahoma game would really solidify it. But beating Iowa State, great. That doesn't really do anything or move the needle for me that much in the playoff picture. It doesn't even move the needle for me that much saying that Oklahoma State would be the the real favorite to come out of the Big 12 as champions. Texas would do nothing for me. Again, going to Kansas State. And I think Oklahoma is, is that line because after that, it's just Texas Tech, TCU, and Baylor. Right, so we're talking about going to that Oklahoma game. That's probably when we would we would actually start having a real discussion. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I don't know what I don't know what the line is for a real discussion. Uh, if you if they beat Iowa State this weekend, I mean that I, I agree with you in terms of hey, I'm not going to start talking about it for the playoff because they beat Iowa State. But Iowa State is an undefeated Big Twelve team. So if you knock them off, 
you're giving yourself a significant mathematic advantage there. I mean, you're talking about really starting to narrow the field down in terms of wins and losses at, at the very top of this conference. So I do think it's a significant one. I agree with your macro characterization that, hey, this isn't anything that we need to like write to ESPN about yet. Let's go back to the Big Ten before we get into your best bets. The One of the headliner games this weekend, Michigan at Minnesota, and you and I very, very briefly talked about this before we click record here. I flat out think that Minnesota is just the better team, especially getting Rashad Bateman getting um, coming back. We knew that there was some question about Nico Collins coming back from Michigan. Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he kind of confirmed that that's not happening this year, but he also wasn't asked about it and said, I don't have a crystal ball and I can't predict what's going to happen. I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of Joe Milton, that quarterback from Michigan, just almost no experience there. I do have concerns for the front seven for the Gophers, but I generally just think that they're a better team. They're at home, which means obviously a little bit less now that there are no fans in the stands. But still, Michigan is the favorite here on the road in the opener. Does this line seem a little bit weird to you? Absolutely. It feels like the wrong team is favored. It feels like the only team, the only reason Michigan is favored is because if Michigan was the underdog, then the book would be upside down on underdog tickets. So when that, I mean, it actually feels like the book is in a tough spot here because they're kind of damned either way. Uh, I'm totally on Minnesota plus the three here as the home as the home underdog. I think they probably went out right. Michigan ranks in the bottom 10 teams in all of FBS for returning production. Minnesota doesn't exactly have a ton coming back on defense, which maybe that's something to raise your eye at a little bit until you start looking at how Michigan is just going to have to recycle a ton of new parts and get a whole bunch of new guys in there. There is more money on Minnesota right now. The ticket numbers are pretty much split down the middle 50-50, but there is more money on Minnesota, which sort of backs the way that I'm looking at this uh, further. I think Minnesota is the right side to be on here. Would you ever consider taking this outright? I'm seeing Minnesota plus 130, Michigan minus 150. Would you ever take Minnesota outright at 130? Mm, I there are. People I guess that, so the reason I'm asking you is you just said you think that Minnesota probably wins this game outright. At what point do you kind of cross the line from taking a three-point line to actually being confident? Is it a number thing or is it just what you're feeling about this game? Yeah, in terms of the math, I look more at outright upset dog picks on the money line, more so when I'm building a parlay than when I am making straight bets. Uh, so yes, I think Minnesota is going to win, but when you're talking about the VIG of minus 110 versus getting the value of a money line underdog at plus 130, I'd rather have the minus 110 and the three extra points, and maybe I'm wrong and Minnesota loses a close game versus get a slightly better payout at plus 130 and Minnesota have to have Minnesota win outright. All right, let's get into your best bets. A lot of lines that we haven't gotten into, some other Big 12 lines, some other Big 10 lines. NC State goes to North Carolina in a game that's suddenly intriguing in that division after last week. Uh, where are you looking this week that you like to make some money? Yeah, so I guess we'll, we'll stay in the Big 10 here for a minute uh, to start with. Uh, Penn State at Indiana is a game that I've had my eye on all the way back to the preseason. Uh, I saw an advance line that had this at 9.5, which was great. It opened the week at, uh, proper at 7.5. It was quickly bet down from that. So I got it at 7 really early because that was one of the few games I was really sitting on this week. Uh, it is already down to 6.5. And, and of course, if you look at the percentages and the charts, 6.5 versus 7.5 in college football, 
Uh, there is a bit of a difference there. So I understand if, if people want to buy the extra half point and get it back to seven. I don't think that's an unreasonable thing to do. Uh, I do think Indiana plus a full touchdown at home is a sneaky, nice little pick this week. A couple other ones. Let's go back to the Big 12. So Baylor right now going to Texas this week. Texas is a nine and a half point favorite. They opened as an 11 point favorite. Andrew Dowdy, what on earth has Texas done? Do they have blackmail material on the, you know, the fine gentleman in the desert? Like what, what is going on here that Texas on October 21st, we're recording this podcast has yet to win a big 12 game. And they're a nine and a half point favorite over Baylor. What, what did the you fuck say it opened at? What did you say it opened at? Eleven. If you had asked me before, I had seen that line because before we hopped on, I saw it at nine. God, I, I don't even know what I would have thought it at. I, I mean, I don't like four, five. Yeah. Like in what world is it? Just a matter of. Matt Rule's gone from Baylor. They haven't played enough games. We don't know what to do with them, more so than Texas. Or are Texas fans still so delusional about their team that they're just betting them heavy? Well, I think part of it has to be the marketplace. And then the other part of it, I think, is Baylor, the last time they played a football game, they lost in Morgantown. I don't think that loss is as bad as other people are going to think it is. So I don't want to downgrade them all the way for that. I think Baylor can win this game outright. And they're getting nine to nine and a half points, depending on your book. I get that there is a loss of value from 11 to nine and a half or 11 to nine, but I still think that's way too big of a number. And this is all about Texas and the Longhorns and the value of the brand and all that shit. There is no football explanation you can make to me that Texas should be north of a touchdown favorite at home over a pretty decent team in Baylor who still has some pieces. Texas, it looks like, is completely defenseless, literally. All they have is Ellinger, and that just doesn't feel like enough to lay that many points. So I think you got to give me Baylor plus the points here. Chase, that was funny. Thank you. I LOL'd at that comment. Thank you. Uh, what else do we have here? Uh, staying in the Big 12, and speaking of like big brands that have numbers attached that don't make any sense— Oklahoma is going on the road to Fort Worth, laying a full touchdown. De- depends a little bit on the book, but at Bavada, which is where I do a lot of my action, TCU is still catching the full touchdown at plus seven. This is another one. Doesn't really make any sense to me. I don't know how you can watch this Oklahoma team and think they should be able to go on the road and lay a full touchdown. TCU plus the seven. No further explanation needed. Kansas State is at... Uh, I'm sorry, they're hosting Kansas. This game opened at 17.5. It is now at 20 at my book. I've seen it as high as 20.5. I'm going to go ahead and say if you want to bet this, obviously, I mean, if you want to bet this and you're on the Kansas State side of it, you probably want to hit it before it hits 21. So go ahead and get that in now. Don't wait till Saturday. Uh, I could see maybe some buyback on Kansas if it gets late into the week and that number keeps going up but even pros are reticent to bet on Kansas at this point uh, they I mean they got pretty pretty fortunate with that cover uh, last week in Morgantown which I was very upset about I texted you pretty pretty pissed off about it uh, it just got railed on that you know it happens whatever 
Uh, but it, it, would, it just feels like the only angle to play on this is that it's a rivalry game, and Kansas State is now reaching big, big favorite numbers, and historically that's not necessarily a place where you want to back Kansas State. So I could understand staying away from this, but it does feel like even though it's a big number, even though it's Kansas State in a semi-conservative offense, especially in Big 12 terms, uh, even though it, you know all of these factors, it still feels like Kansas State's not a totally unreasonable play. I might play it to a small degree. I saw the total going down as well, which is probably where I would have wanted to start uh, if I was going to lay money on in the beginning of the week. I wasn't sitting on that like I was Penn State and Indiana. So I got what I got in front of me at this point. I, I Just a quick note here, Syracuse-Clemson. So Syracuse loses this last week to Liberty. I didn't bet the game, but I did have a side bet with my friend who was adamant that Syracuse was going to win that game. I was like, have you seen Liberty? They're pretty good. Liberty by double digits. Anyway, Syracuse now is going to Clemson to play the number one team, I'm going to say, in college football after they dropped the 70 spot on Georgia Tech last week. I Look, I get that Syracuse is not good and you don't want to go against Clemson. Syracuse is a 46-point dog in this game. That's Syracuse or pass, man. That's Is that the highest? I mean, like, Syracuse is bad, but this isn't, like, a historically bad Kansas or Duke team. Do you remember a conference line? Oh, man, they got blown out at home by Duke. Do you remember a conference? I mean, but they're not, like, they're not that bad. They're not a bottom 10 team in college football. I actually think they might be. I wow. think it's, they started the year bad, and they're getting worse. I, I, it feels like they've fallen apart, and they're not trying to put it back together. Well, because I was going to ask you, do you remember a line, but you don't think that Syracuse is even that decent? I don't think, like, they're bad. They're outside of the top 100 in college football. I don't think that they're a bottom 10 team. So I was going to ask you, do you remember a line this big in conference play with a team on the other side that's not that bad. But you think they're that bad, they're so my question bad. doesn't matter. All yeah, right. I think they're pretty bad. Um, I, I I, would say, it's, on principle, it's Syracuse or pass. I would say pass unless you have balls of steel, man. This would be, you are in for a ride if you're back in Syracuse plus 46 in Death Valley. Uh, let's see, what else we got? NC State versus North Carolina. Uh, I, I, on this podcast correctly, told you you needed to back Florida State last week, and they end up with the outright win over North Carolina. Now they now the Tar Heels come back to North Carolina, and they're going to play NC State in a triangle game. This total, for some reason, has gone from 64.5 down to 60.5. Uh, that makes no sense to me. I would want to be on the over here, and the fact that the total is going down gives me some pause. But I've said that several times on the podcast this year. This gives me some pause, but I'm probably going to do this anyway. I think I've been right every time. Uh, so over 60 and a half, you're getting some good value here because the totals dropped four points since it opened. This should be like at least both teams in the 30s, I would think. Maybe in the 40s. So I see a lot of offense in this game. I think the over is the right side to be on here. Uh, how about Ohio State playing Nebraska? They only have to lay 26. That seems like a light number. No? They might lay 56. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That, that, all they have to do is cover a 26-point spread. It seems like an odd number to me. So I, I will definitely be on Ohio State this weekend. Uh, I, I, all I can think of there, it's, it's, it's just another year where Nebraska and Scott Frost are being given way too much credit at the beginning of the year. That's all I can figure out there. Back to Buckeyes. 
Uh, Pitt-Notre Dame is an interesting game. Uh, I had Pitt circled here as a dog weeks and weeks ago. I'm still going to take it. I have a lot less confidence than I did maybe a month ago in this. Pitt has just not looked good. If you look at the games they've played over the last four or five weeks, they have just been eking out wins when they've won at all. I mean, one-point wins, two-point wins. And here they're playing Notre Dame, and they're catching 10.5 at home at the zoo. And it feels like Notre Dame is not exactly some you know offensive juggernaut that's going to score 50 and cover a big number either. Uh, so that, that does lend itself more to the pit side of this. But it, it does feel like these teams, as much as I've knocked Notre Dame on this podcast, it, it feels like there is a gap here that I was not anticipating. So I'm going to take Pitt, but I'm going to be a little more conservative with the unit count on this than I maybe originally intended to. Miami is, is hosting UVA. Uh, UVA got a lot of good press because they played Clemson. I don't want to say tight because it was still like an 18 or 20 point game, but their defense did about as good a job as you could uh, hope to expect uh, an ACC team would do against uh, Trevor Lawrence and, and Clemson. So they got a lot of good press then, and since then they have lost to it just in very unflattering ways. Now they're going to go down to Miami. It would be very UVA to suddenly get good again and really clog up what Miami does uh, on offense. But I, right here, Miami's minus at 11.5. It opened at 10.5. It's up one point. This feels like a spot to bet Miami. Depending on where you got Miami last week, they covered. I think they're going to cover here again as well. Uh, and then the last one I have, this is another brand number observation. South Carolina going to LSU. I, I Part of me, I was on the South Carolina win. I called that really perfectly. Again, that was another great call last week. So uh, hope you back. Hope you, hope you tailed me on that one. South Carolina, you almost wish they would have lost last week because the number I feel like going to LSU would be so much better here. Instead, they go to LSU. They're only, they open as a 7.5-point dog. That number is now down to 6. Again, what has LSU done? To be a favorite north of a touchdown against an SEC team. I don't think anybody has any illusions about what South Carolina is. But they are a live dog. And giving them a touchdown plus the hook feels like a lot of respect to LSU that they don't necessarily deserve. So even though this is down from 7.5 to 6 and we have crossed at least one, and depending on your, your perspective, maybe more than one key number there. Uh, looking at seven and a half, six and a half, seven, all, all kind of in that range. I still think there is some value there on South Carolina. We would love to have all of you back on Monday. Monday's episode drops at 6 a.m. Central. Looking back on a week that, as of now, again, still carries 45 games, I imagine we'll have a lot to break down. And then back here in one week with a look ahead at week nine with Chase's betting advice uh, for a week that, looking ahead, does feature Georgia, Kentucky. K-State, West Virginia could be interesting, Ohio State, Penn State, and a whole bunch else. Thank you for coming back. Thank you for listening to the High Motor Podcast. I saw a friend today, it had been a while, and we forgot each other's names, but it didn't matter because deep inside, the feeling still remained the same. We talked of knowing one before you've met And how you feel more than you see And other worlds that lie in spaces